The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. It is time for Streetwise with former chief of the New York City Sheriff's Department, former chief of the Seagate Police Department, retired New York City detective, Time Warner Public Access Media Award, Joe Franklin Super Excellence in Broadcasting Memory Lane Award, New York Veteran Police Association Streetwise Production, host of Streetwise, Mr. Lou Tolano. Uh, good evening and uh, welcome back to Streetwise. You know, my guests are on the line this evening uh, he's going to hang out with me for an hour because he's so interesting, and the subject matter is just as interesting as he is. He has a book out there. It's called Indefensible. That means, hey, that means we're in trouble, you know, and he'll explain why. He is, a, uh, I guess, a high-tech expert, and we're going to talk about one of the dangers to us that's right in our face uh, let me tell you something about my guest. He has close to 45,000 followers on Twitter. Could you believe that? So uh, so it's it's a pleasure to have him here because, hey, I'm sure he'll have another 45,000 after this show. I want to welcome to Streetwise uh, Thomas Banks. Thomas, welcome uh, to Streetwise. Thank you, Lou. I'm <laughs> glad to be here. Okay. After listening to your bio on your profile, uh, I'm humbled. Okay. Uh, uh, thanks. Now, you, you, you have a book out, uh, Indefensible. It talks about uh, high-tech jihad uh, drones or high-tech terrorist drones that are laden with ricin, if I'm pronouncing it right. I mm-hmm. know we had an issue with anthrax uh, several times, uh, in, not only in this country and in other countries as well. And in your, bo- in your book, you have a concern uh, the possibility of the jihad, or maybe they're preparing it now, can attack this country through the use of drones. By the way, you're by my guess is also a pilot. Uh, yeah, why why is that uh, that we have to be concerned about uh, drones uh, with any kind of uh, chemical or explosive material on it, uh, Thomas? Well, you know, it, in spite of how it's weaponized, whether it's biologic or or munitions. The, the big concern is autonomy. Mm. Stephen Hawking, the famous physicist, is, is noted for saying that he believes autonomous weapons represent humanity's next great threat. Mm. Their versatility will make them the collision of cogs of tomorrow. So the issue is autonomy, which is another way of saying stupid people can operate them because they don't have to know oh. how to fly. Oh, yeah. They don't have to know how to read maps. They just need to know how to point at things, and then the autonomous vehicle will do its job unassisted. You guys just in the last week or so had a scare over Staten Island when a drone hit a Black Hawk helicopter. Yes. Now, the good news is nothing bad happened. It was just some drone hobbyist who was flying around and clearly didn't do what he was supposed to do. And he dented the helicopter and nicked the blade, and it didn't cause much damage. But what would have been the outcome if that drone had a pound of C4 explosives mm. attached to it, or a hand grenade, or God knows what other kind of uh, munition that would be uh, disruptive to the flight of the helicopter? It would have been a totally different outcome. And, and so therein lies the problem. 
drones in and of themselves are benign, interesting, and in many cases, fun little entertainment devices. But if you weaponize those drones, they become ubiquitous, ever-present, indefensible threats that can, that can rise up from the, through the sunroof of a soccer mom minivan mm. 10 miles away from the target, and dozens of drones could converge on the target unseen and invisible until they arrive and deliver their, their, their deadly p- payload, whether it's an explosive payload with shrapnel or, in the case of indefensible, the drones are delivering ricin, which is a truly, truly deadly poison. Well, now, why do you say ricin? Why can't it be uh, anything else other than ricin? Is it ricin because it's more deadly and, and other, and other uh, items like that? Well, mostly because ricin is so easily produced. Yes. The, many people have castor plants. The, the castor bean plant is a very pretty plant and by itself looks nice in many people's yards. Mm. But with a little bit of chemistry and a very little bit of chemistry, you can, you can distill out ricin and 1.7 milligrams of ricin, mm. about the size of a few grains of salt, will kill an adult. If, if inhaled or ingested. So a, a total pound of ricin has enough killing power to kill a quarter of a million people. <laughs> you know, I was thinking of that, because well, I, I, I know I was reading about you when you mentioned this. I was thinking of what's going on in Cuba now, right? Where they, uh-huh. uh, inside, I think it's the embassy, the American embassy, where they're having mm-hmm. effects similar to dizziness, throwing up and uh, nausea and everything else. And I was saying, mm-hmm. I wonder if there's some sort of, not a, thank God, not as dangerous as uh, ricin or maybe even anthrax, but there's something going on, I would think, and that all indications that there are. So, Well, uh, it, the, the, the Center for Disease Control says ricin is such an unpleasant poison mm-hmm. that Within a half a dozen hours of ingesting it, right. you're going to have uh, you'll be victimized with gastrointestinal problems from yeah. vomiting and diarrhea, yeah. dehydration, and leading ultimately to, to to gastrointestinal organ failure and kidney failure, liver and pancreas failure, all from ricin. And there isn't an antidote. Whoa. That's uh, that's amazing. You know, something that in Cuba, some of the people had some of those effects, stomach issues, they, nausea, diarrhea. I hope that it's not, uh, you know, what we're discussing. I hope it's not connected to that, you know. So, uh, it's, hard to, hmm. it's hard to say because I'm not a conspiracy guy, but it's clear that uh, the United States government has made a serious effort at eliminating its ricin stores and keeping and, and, and trying to not be a promoter of this, of this solution. The reality is, with a little bit of undergraduate chemistry, right. you could make ricin in your kitchen. Mm, so, that and, easy, so that's easy to obtain then, pretty much. Absolutely easy to obtain. Huh. The, uh, remember, if you remember the TV show Breaking Bad, uh, yeah. you know, Walter Wright killed Lydia with a with just a little bit of ricin in her sweetener, oh. and that was how he got rid of her. <laughs> I'm sure, listen, I think you're scaring a lot of the list, listeners now who have <laughs> who having issues with their girlfriend or their wife. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah. You don't want to yeah, make sure whatever you consume is sealed. <laughs> uh, I was going to say that. Uh, uh, anyway, you you mentioned uh, uh, a moment ago. Uh, 
in Staten Island that was someone's hobby. How can that be someone's hobby? Why isn't there rules or regulations on this? How, I know years ago we had these uh, games, and I'm going back, uh, it's probably even half a century ago, where you could fly a, a plane, correct, with a little remote gizmo in your hand, right, uh-huh. a little pile of planes. Is is that how we brainstormed how to, how to uh, do a drone? Did it, did it, uh, did it derive from that? Because that goes back at least a half a century, you know. Oh, the, sure. Radio-controlled yeah. airplanes have been around forever. Yeah, so, yes. Uh, the difference between a drone and a radio-controlled airplane yes. is, the, is, is the intelligence of the unit. If the unit is self-navigating, it's, it maintains wow. itself in a, in, a, in a flight configuration, then that becomes a drone right. versus a, a radio-controlled device that you have to fly. Yes. Uh-huh. And, you know, if, if, you, if you're flying your drone around, right. and if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if your controller breaks or your battery dies in your controller, mm. the drone knows where it is because of GPS, and it will automatically return to wow. you and land in front of you. Amazing. And there are laws and guidelines. The FAA has a 400-foot limit on the altitude that you can fly a drone. The drone that hit the Black Hawk helicopter over Staten Island hit it at 500 feet. I challenge you, Lou, to to point out the difference with a little object in the sky that's 400 feet in the air or 500 feet in the air. Mm. Absolutely, yep. Well, don't so cha- it, don't challenge me because I'm, I agree with you. <laughs> you know? Well, I'm, I mean, I agree with being, the uh, the, uh, the thought that. Uh, well, you know, the how point we, is that. Yeah. Well, the point is that you can have laws in place, yeah. and that's good for the guys like you and me who would abide by the laws. The question is, what if you take this technology, which is readily available, right. and put it into the hands of people that have an agenda, the the embedded terrorists? You know, we saw the havoc that the Tsarnaev brothers wreaked in Boston mm. with some fireworks and a pressure cooker. Yes. You take that same motivation and attach a half a pound of C4 explosives or poisons to it, and now you have a totally different threat from fireworks and a pressure cooker. Yeah. Something similar to that occurred, I think, a year or two ago on 23rd Street in Manhattan on the west side. Uh, in the street, it went off. I, somehow it went off. It was a sort of a pressure cooker type thing, but uh-huh. I, I don't know how it got its power because uh, uh, it might be battery operated. I, I don't know, but there was something similar they found in the dumpster. Now, mm-hmm. your book, Indefensible, uh, Thomas Banks. How did that come about? You and your book that you wrote that should be and almost forty five thousand followers. I mean, there's a big, there's a tremendous concern. How did you? How did you? Come about to do this. I mean, it's all, well, yeah. One evening, I was sitting at a Panera on the patio <laughs> with a buddy of mine smoking cigars. It has to be the coolest Panera in the world. You can sit on a patio. Well, I was going to say and, that. <laughs> and a and a drone flew over, and my buddy goes, "Hey, look at that! What is that?" And I said, "Well, that's a drone." Hmm. And he thought, "Well, this is this would be fun." And it just dawned on me at that moment that it is fun, but what are the unintended consequences? Everything we do in life has unintended consequences. Yeah. When the gentleman that created the cell phone, Mitchell and his partner, never in their wildest imaginations did they think that the unintended consequence of their cell phone would be 10,000 cell phone-related auto deaths a mm. year. 
You and law enforcement understand that. The technology guys just created a cell phone and said, look at this wonderful thing we created. And now Mitchell and his partner have blood on their hands forever because 10,000 people a year die in car accidents that are cell phone related. Now take that same concept of unintended consequences and apply it to uh, something as interesting as drones and what are the what are the potential risks and threats that we face there? And that was the motivation behind well, you, you know, the, you, the book. You know something uh, that pretty <laughs> that can happen almost with with anything because you're not the person that to create or invent these things really you're not thinking about the security or the dangers. I I, I don't uh, I, I don't think so. I can think about. When we, the radio was invented, then Orson Welles did a radio broadcast. You remember right. the famous where we were being attacked by Mars, and people actually were preparing, and people commit suicide. As right. yeah, you know, there, I, I think in late thirties, something like that, with Orson Welles was on the radio, like I'm on, and uh, talking about we're being attacked by Martians, and people believed it. And uh, right. so, obviously, when the radio was invented, we didn't think that it could be a danger similar to uh, the people. Uh, text messaging or talking on the cell phones while they're in the car, like you suggested, you know. And I don't, and, I don't know. think we should we should allow fear to abate advancement of our technology mm. and solutions to problems. Right. The issue becomes one of how do we manage it? Yes. It's, you know, here we have a great example to technolo- technologically today is is Google and mm. Facebook. These two fundamental uh, monopolies control so much that they can influence anything. And when they were founded, that wasn't their agenda. Right. Their agenda was Google, do no harm, and mm. Facebook was Mark Zuckerberg couldn't get a date, so he created Facebook. <laughs> and the never in their wildest imaginations is that they think they would own a monopoly on the kind of information that could be exploited to try to influence the American uh, democratic yeah. system. Mm. But your book, now, you got into it. I, I know you were sitting on the, the patio and uh, and you got this idea to do, but you had a, I mean, it's it's a great idea, but how did you get into the uh, the dangers of it? Like, you had to talk about uh, a high-tech jihad with the right. possibility of using ricin against us, but how did this come about? How did you... Uh, how did you? How did this? How did you uh, say realize that? And then, uh, pretty much warning us about it. You know, like we, I think, uh, I think we did have some information that might happen at nine eleven, but we didn't act. Same with Pearl Harbor, other other things. Right. And we usually we usually make a plan after the fact. You know, with well, with well, incidents like that. Well, that certainly is a is a concern. And mm. what 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 motivated me was. I saw the technology, I'm a technologist, and I was concerned about what were the consequences if this technology is co-opted. Right. You might be a gun enthusiast, you might be a Second Amendment enthusiast, mm-hmm. you might love weapons, and as a good person, they don't pose a problem to anybody, but you take the same benign forty-five caliber Colt 1911 mm-hmm. and put it in the hands of a demented, yeah. motivated scary person and it's a totally different proposition yeah so now the question becomes as we've watched terror over the last couple of years move from being intimate where they're where they're bombers that are blowing themselves up to now they're driving their trucks through crowds mm. in 
in, in Sweden and in London, they're, they're almost less personal and they're becoming more automated. If you think about it, when you use a truck or a yeah. vehicle, you're becoming more automated than just walking up and blowing up in front of some poor mm-hmm. sap. Mm-hmm. So the, it, the concern I have is that too many people think of terrorists as ignorant, Mid-Eastern, you know, nomads that are sitting around in their tents. Mm. And I've argued <laughs> with people many times, you can't think that way. Their leadership is Western-educated, probably yes. from Edinburgh, you know, America. Mm. These, are, these are not ignorant savages. These are motivated, intelligent people, and they will use whatever technology they wish right. to use to advance their cause. And when you look at a drone that costs $1,000, that'll cruise at 30, 40 miles an hour and go up to 20,000 feet and carry easily a pound or two of payload and do this for a 45 minutes means you automatically have created a radius of action for your attack strategy where your attacker doesn't have to be at Met Stadium. He could be 30 miles away. And how would you detect 10 different drones coming from 10 different locations at, at, you know, each carrying a bomb all destined to one target at 50 feet off the ground. Well, now, uh, Thomas it's, Banks. It's yeah, all this, Thomas Banks, all this is in your book, Indefensible. Uh, you know it, I know it, over 40,000, 45,000, you know, uh, are interested in on, on Twitter. If anything, what's our government? If anything, what are they doing in, in regard to this, this thing that's in our face that's uh, pretty scary, you know? If, well, you know, what are they doing about our government? Well, there was a there was a congressional uh, hearing just in the last couple of weeks with the with the head of HS Homeland Security and the FBI, right. and the the congressman said, "What kind of threats do we pose?" And they both said, "We think the biggest threat we pose that we only thought about a few years ago, and now we see it happening, right. is the use of drones. Huh. And this isn't black. This isn't predator drones." These are the drones you buy at Best Buy on Amazon. These are the threats. Our government really can't defend against it. There is no laser energy beam device that you can shoot at things and and everybody can carry their phaser in their pocket like Star Trek because nobody has that much battery power to drive those kinds of weapons. What needs to happen, and I hate to think this way, is because firearms are articulated in the Second Amendment of our Constitution, we have a right to have firearms. We have no such right to have drones. I I, I question the logic of allowing this industry to go rampant without any responsibility or being checked in any way. And just because you license people doesn't mean bad guys aren't going to use it maliciously. Are you saying they're licensed? You have to have a license to... To, the uh, FAA initiated a registration, registration. a couple of years ago. But what happens but if you mentioned a moment ago you can build it yourself? You, it, yeah. you, you're right. You don't have to yeah. uh, buy it from anybody. Mm-hmm. The, the reality is go on YouTube and look up homemade drones, right. and you'll see you can make drones. There are, there are people that are making drones with Legos. Yeah. So it doesn't require – it requires a few sticks, a couple of uh, – uh, some batteries and a motor, and the computer that you can buy to plug into it will cost you $5. Wow. That will handle power management, navigation, and GPS interface. You know what it reminds so, you of in the, in the first Iron Man movie? 
he built the Iron Man in a cave. The, uh, right. Right? And it, it gave you an idea of what you could do if you're technical or technician like you are, you know. Uh, and then, like you mentioned a moment ago, you don't have to be. You don't have to be intellect to do this, right? You, and, no, you don't have to be a technologist. Tech, yes. I'm a, I'm a pilot, yes. but I wouldn't have to be a pilot to be able to operate a drone right. because drones are so autonomous they 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 fly themselves. As I said, all you do is you point on a map where you want it to go, or you upload a, a path for it to fly. It doesn't. It isn't like flying radio control airplanes that mm. required you to actually fly the plane from a remote operation. Right. Well, you know, drones also uh, drones have been used for uh, aside from this potential danger, which obviously there is. It's also been used for humanitarian, you know, humanitarian uh, things that happen that where people need medicine or uh, or supplies and uh, information or whatever. Uh, I know the government and and some and private corporation are using drones also as uh, to benefit us as well. So how do we how do we balance that out, uh, Thomas Banks? Well, that is that is an interesting question because, yes, drones are revolutionizing the film industry. Drones are revolutionizing surveillance. They're, and yes. they may even revolutionize delivery mm. so that you're going to have Correct. your Amazon books delivered or whatever to your doorstep. All of this is good from that standpoint, just like cars are good. But if you put a drunk in a car, now a car isn't any isn't good any longer. So how do we how do we manage Correct. society to pr- to encourage them to not push the envelope with respect to creating a threat? I think the the bottom line is going to be: Do people, on average, need access to whatever technology that's out there to use this? It may be that we, if you read in, when you read Indefensible. I address the whole issue of GPS and how the government has to consider the possibility of turning GPS off because the drones rely on GPS to navigate. Got it. Well, you can turn GPS off, but GPS is such a fundamental part of our daily lives. There are even bus routes where the doors are opened and closed automatically based on their GPS positioning. If you turn GPS off, Imagine everything that changes in your life. And so it may not be that we need to turn GPS off, but maybe we need to ratchet up to a new level of secured GPS where any, any, anyone that uses GPS has to have a secure connection to it, just like we have a secure connection when we're using the Internet and we connect to our banks. Yeah. So that it is, it is, Joe, it is, it is Lou Talanio that's connected to the GPS, not somebody else. There's, there, are, there are technological solutions, and it may be worth exploring them because simply outlawing or making it a crime or trying to track down these users, that's the problem. Where are they? They could be anywhere in a cave somewhere making yeah. the next big horrible thing. Amazing. Now, more uh, closer to home, uh it's going to be tough to regulate it because you're talking about uh, deliveries, FedEx and people like that want to use that. And I saw something where they want to deliver pizza with drones, you know. Right. So uh, and they could, uh, they could put uh, rice in, 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 you know. Well, they could do that at any time anyway. But or, or a bomb or, or to some kind of a government uh, uh, facility who's who's uh, 
asking for pizza delivery, and they could, you know, and uh, this is a this is a tough uh, thing to figure out, you know. And uh, but do you feel that pretty much with your book, and I have a feeling that your book, Indefensible, sort of uh, uh, brought this to light, you know, among other concerns. So. uh, I have to give you credit for that because we wouldn't be talking about it if you if you uh, if you didn't uh, write this book, uh, Thomas Banks, Indefensible, to, uh, to indicate you know how dangerous the drones are and and people would assume that they're regulated. So they're not completely regulated. Am I correct on that by government there, or anyone? There is a regulatory demand that right. you need to register your drone. Right by FAA, you said. Right. right. So just like when I fly my airplane, I have a little number on the side of the airplane called a tail number, November 87297. Mm -hmm. So if you have an an FAA incident, they can say it was November 87297 that did it. Well, if you have a comparable registration number that's attached to your drone and it crashes into a 737 that's landing at LaGuardia and explodes, there's a real good chance that identification number is going to be destroyed yeah. so whose drone was it it's mm. it's kind of a it's kind of a feel good regulation that people think makes sense because it gives them an answer to a problem they don't have an answer for we right. are going to be blindsided one morning yes. and that's the reason i wrote indefensible is do not ignore this you will wake up and say how did we ignore this i've had people ask me why did you write this? You're telling yeah, terrorists how exactly. to attack us. Yeah. And my answer is, no one had to write a book about loading up an airplane full of people and crashing them in the World Trade Center. Oh, sure. Of course. These people already know what they want to do. It's just a matter of them doing it. And when we're going to wake up and the Grand Coulee Dam is going to be damaged mm. or some baseball stadium is going to be attacked by 50 drones, mm. and people are going to say, how is it we let this happen? Well, and you in law enforcement, you understand that 99.9% of the people you encounter are good, honest people, and they're not a threat to society. But how do you identify the bad ones? You just can't stop and frisk everybody. and we, We've already decided that's not a nice thing to do. You can't profile them because the people think that's a bad thing to do. How is it we deal with this? I think one of the ways is we need to decide as a country, is access to certain technology like a drone, can everybody have that? I'm a pilot, and my license is a privilege. It's not a right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Just like your driver's license. Yeah, you know, uh, in three minutes we'll take a break, and if you want to call in, 631-888-8811, 631-888-8811. Uh, if you want to ask uh, Thomas Banks a question in regard to this, and defensible is his book, and uh, you know, you know, Thomas, uh, people were saying, well, why is he doing this? You just you just mentioned it a couple of seconds ago, a minute ago, that uh, you're not tipping off people. We, we you know, when you go into a, a stadium, which I did last week, and. Uh, you, you got to go through metal detectors and you pretty much search and, you know, and the body language. So there's, uh, it's nothing new. We know the hot spots like Times Square. Right. So you're not, you're not tipping off or giving anybody ideas. Your, your book, I feel indefensible is sort of a wake up call, you know, for us. 
you know, which we didn't have, or maybe we did, 9-11, and I know that we have it in Pearl Harbor, uh, you know, so, uh, right. we, we need, uh, you know, we have, we need people to, to remind, to remind us that we're, li- you know, you mentioned who's the bad guy. Well, you know, we have an advantage because we pretty much know who the bad guy is when we talk about jihad and ISIS, you know, and, uh, th- those concerns. So, uh, so we, we pretty much in, in that sense, uh, we have an idea who would, you know, who would be concerned and, and careful about. It. I think we're going to take a break now. Is that correct? Or, uh, hang on, Thomas Banks, hang in there. All right, I and, will. and then we're going to open the phone. But it's so interesting; it doesn't wouldn't surprise me if you know, we don't get too many calls. Six three one eight 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 one one. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Thank you. This is WGBB AM 1240 and W240 DF FM 95.9 Freeport, New York. We served our country like those before us. It was a dangerous era. All of Vietnam was dangerous. The carnage of war left an indelible mark on me. We came back and built lives. As time went on, we faced new challenges and found support to handle them. I went to the VA, talked to my doctor. I started doing groups. I started doing one-on-one counseling. At MakeTheConnection.net, you can hear our stories and find tools and services available to you. In my quest for the gold medal, I had to overcome not only the toughest competition, but also a lot of pain. I'm Carrie Strzok, and I know firsthand how pain can impact your life. What I did not know is that factors like age, pre-existing health conditions, and other medicines can increase the risk of certain over-the-counter pain relievers. That's why it's important to always check the drug facts label on your medicine to see if your pain reliever is still a good fit for you. A public service of the U.S. Pain Foundation with support from McNeil Consumer Healthcare. Visit GetReliefResponsibly.com. Oh, we're back. I'm back with my guest, uh, Thomas Banks, and the uh, author of a great book, Indefensible. Pretty much tells us about the danger of what we uh, we it's in, it's in our face, you know these uh, these drones out there. Now, uh, 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 T- Thomas, do you have a particular audience that you were sort of targeting in, in regard to your indefensible uh, book that you want to uh, enlighten the, the military or whatever? Interestingly enough, one. One would might draw the conclusion that there is a unique audience. Mm. I hear from people every day who follow me on Twitter, from yes. readers all over the world, which yes. is just fascinating to me. And these are these are from technology gurus to little old housewives in Alabama who all are concerned about this. And so the audience is really quite broad in scope, mm. which is probably the reason that Indefensible is destined to be a movie. Yeah, you beat me to the punch. I understand uh, that there is a, a movie in the works for you that, that you, with listen with almost forty five thousand followers on, on Twitter. You know, you you are waking up people. There's no doubt about that. So uh, right. yeah, that's touch. That's jump a little bit. Oh, first of all, how can somebody get your book? That's that's important. Indefensible. Well, the easy way to get it is to go to Amazon. Right. And it's available in Kindle and paperback. Hmm. And Order two, Christmas is coming. <laughs> <laughs> a nice Christmas present. Be careful. We will look up to the skies, you know. <laughs> and I encourage everyone to, to join us at Twitter. I'm yes. Drone on one. That's mm. D-R-O-N-E-O-N and the number one. 
at Twitter and join the conversation. There are yeah. people listening. Every day, people are listening oh, I, and, and I, asking questions. I see that. You stand out on Twitter, and that's why I said i got to reach out for, for Thomas Banks, not only besides the, the tremendous uh, following, the uh, subject matter is, again, like I mentioned, my background is security. Uh, you would think, you know, that our military – now, do you know, speaking of military, and I just said, is our military doing anything at all? I know I mentioned it. I asked you before that you know of or preparing or to, can they defend us? No. I no. thought so. There, hmm. and from a technological standpoint, well, we always hear about the laser response weapons for taking down a, a predator drone. And, hmm. and all of this makes sense at a very fundamental level that you have a laser on a ship or you have a laser on a tank and and it shoots down the, a device the size of a predator drone. Mm. But we're talking about the something the size of a of a cigar box. Yeah. And we're talking about you can, if there are 10,000 of these devices launched at 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 at, at 5,000 separate targets, how can you have enough defensive weaponry in right. place to defend against that? It's, mm. You can't. It's what the Japanese said when they attacked America. Remember, the, the comment was, we've awoken a sleeping giant, yes. and behind every blade of grass, there's an American with a gun. Yeah. That's why nobody attacked America, because, well, because a million people would stand up with their, you know, with their Winchesters and push well, them back. I, I, I know. And we, have a, we have a call in on the phone, and it's... Uh, Johanna, Johanna, you're on the line for Thomas Banks? Yes, hi, Thomas Banks. A very enjoyable conversation. Um, I was wondering, uh, since most people in this country are so spoiled that they need a drone to deliver a pizza, um, <laughs> do you feel that uh, they should eventually just outlaw these drones for use? Uh, or the people that want to use them, they should be registered, have a license or a background check? And the next question is, do you feel that um, people are going to be so scared that they'll start to build drone shelters like they did bomb shelters years ago? Oh. Wow. Well, I, I, nice to meet you, Joanna. I, I think what's going to happen is we're going to see a, a growth of people sporting shotguns mm. because they, they're going to think of that as a, a reasonable way to defend themselves. The, it, I think there are good applications for drones, whether it's using it to track, you know, uh, you know, uh, oil lines and power lines and, and shooting movies. All of these are good applications, and those people should be registered, trained, licensed, and responsible. The, the issue becomes one of the individual under-the-radar drone user. And if they're, if, I don't know how one polices that, and I'm not convinced mm. even outlawing it is going to make it as, make a solution because – you know, we have a drug problem in America, and I don't know where any of those drugs are legal. So mm. the issue is going to be one of having to respond to it very quickly and and address these these transgressions as quickly as possible, rather than get caught up in constitutional rights and such about what these people have are entitled to have possession yeah. of. But mm. I think we need to minimize the use of drones, you know, because... The, the unintended consequences are just so significant, and we don't have an answer. So the, the quick answer would be to minimize it, uh, Tom's, yes. minimize it uh, as opposed to restricting it completely, you know. Uh, right. You shouldn't be able to walk into your best buy and buy yeah. as many drones as you want. 
Okay. All right, Johanna? Oh, she hung up right there. Okay. Oh, all right. Good. Okay. Uh, I think we're okay uh, for now. Okay. So I guess we answered all her questions. She wanted to know if we could ban them, but I guess like you mentioned, uh, it's tough to ban things in, in this country. You know, we have so many rights, you know, and even right. the, uh, and uh, those are excellent uh, questions. Now, uh, is there, you know, we before the caller came in, we were talking about there's such an interest in it. Well, uh, there, is there a movie in the works? Yes, yes, there is. I'm yeah. very proud to say that wow. the uh, where the production company is moving forward. I actually saw the other day a uh, a mock-up of the movie poster, oh. which made it very real for me because mm. you know when it comes to movie deals, the question is what's the likelihood? Blah blah blah. Right. But uh, the these guys all seem very serious. But, you know, they are Hollywood types. So only yeah. God knows what's going to come out of that. Correct, correct. So, uh, But it, it's, an important, it's an important topic, and, and this is driving uh, the interest hmm. that we are when – you, when you give yourself a moment to think about what the, the, the effect of such an asynchronous capacity is, it's really quite frightening. The, the most interesting thing when I, when I published Indefensible – is the day the paperback book came out, and, and because of Amazon, you can track where the, where the books are sold and such. Right. Oh. The very first copy for that day was bought in Washington, D.C. Wow. Yep. I got to believe that the NSA or somebody is tracking topics like this, and, and they get copies as, you know, as soon as they come out. And but no one's, call, no one's called me yet. So I was I just going to ask you that. Has anybody talked to you from Washington, D.C.? You know? No, as, and as a matter of fact, I've reached out to uh, to senators and congressmen and right. and and FBI and oh. Homeland Security, and I, when you do that, I guess you're probably just classified as some nut guy calling in from uh, you know contacting them from some black black you know midnight radio talk show or something. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, I have no doubt that at some point I'm going to hear from them, and they're going to say. What do you know about this? Or, of course. You know, is there any insight you can help, you can share with us? Right. And I hope they do, because I'd be happy to, to lend my, my thoughts and voice to, mm. to a, a solution. Well, now, uh, we, were talking about, we were talking about how high they could fly. Uh, what, can, what can a drone, the biggest drone, the, you know, the size or the weight of it? I mean, how, what is that capable of doing, the biggest or the heaviest drone that can be utilized? Well, I mean, what you, what can that do? Can it carry a human being or a human being, a person? Well, and not the drones that you would buy off the shelf, but right. it's all a matter of motors and propellers. Uh-huh. So you're seeing just this, just this past week, it was announced in Dubai that they were testing the autonomous air ca- uh, taxi service which is based on an upscaled drone with like eight or ten, you know, drone rotors, and you just climb in the middle of it, and it'll it'll rises up and takes you where you're going. the The fact is that a drone that you see, the typical drone you think of when you think of a quadcopter or whatever, can it isn't more than twenty inches in, in diameter, can comfortably carry a half to a pound of payload can fly for 30 to 45 minutes at 30 miles an hour and can climb to, you know, between 15 and 20,000 feet if it needs to. So that means that a drone with a half a pound of C4 on it or whatever you want to deliver 
can be can be launched from you know thirty miles away, and within an hour it's, it's there. Amazing. That's that's the scary part. Wow. Uh, just your opinion. Do you feel? Of course, it's out there. You have so many followers, and your book is doing. Uh, Indefensible is doing well. Uh, do you feel that there's little or no interest by government in regard to this homeland security, etc.? Yeah. Oh no, I think there's significant interest, but it's a topic that they don't have an answer to. So I don't think we're seeing it surface. Right, and it's only becoming more topical as the mm. commercial side of of the drone business you know, wants more and more capability, like the Amazons and the Pizza Huts and, right. you know, Domino Pizzas. All of this is very interesting, but it does lend it, it does open up a lot of issues from uh, employment displacement to to the threat of hurting people. You know, if a drone goes, goes crazy and decides to crash into right. somebody's, you're standing in your front yard waiting for your drone, and it, it loses its brain and crashes into you. That wouldn't be a good day, uh-huh. with or without explosives. So uh, that's true. A, gro- a drone that can, uh, so that can go out of control, right? Sure. Yeah. So that, that in itself, you know. So uh, well, yeah, was, yep. aircraft, aircraft. Uh, the, people always ask me as a pilot, how do airplanes fly? And I said, it's just pure magic, you know, how they fly. <laughs> you know, they're not, they're, you know, they're not intended, they're not capable of flying when you when you walk up to an airplane. Right. As a matter of fact, my last airplane that I that I that I sold my my to my partner, uh, you know, he was a he flew. I, I have thousands of hours of flying time, and he wanted to right. own it by himself. And I said, mm. no problem. And uh, 45 days ago, he crashed it flying into John Wayne Airport in Orange County. Oh my God! Huh. Airplanes, uh, airplanes uh, are are fundamentally uh, yeah. risky. Uh, Thomas, and so yeah, let's talk about you and your background. I, I think you have a you have a company. Uh, is it? Are you a co-founder of a corporation? Splish? Uh, is it Splash Play? I got that correct. Splash Play. Splash Play Inc. Well, yeah. Right. Splash Play is a mobile gaming company that I founded mm. after I sold my last company, which was a healthcare company. I've been in the healthcare information management business my entire life, uh-huh. and I wanted to do something fun, so I developed a gaming company called Splash Play, right. which allows anybody, it could be you, authors, sports teams, whatever, to create their own trivia games at no cost to you, market your products, fundamentally gamify your marketing message mm. through, through an interactive gaming, and we generate our revenue from our advertisers, and we share that back. So we have charities around the country that are using Splash Play to gamify their charitable mm. mission so people can learn all about breast cancer or whatever they want to play right. the games about. And in turn, for every dollar in revenue we generate, we give 40% of that to the charity. There's not a corporate proposition on the planet that gives 40% of revenue to charity. Right. So, that's, so is, is that a not-for-profit? It sounds like it. Well, no, we're a for-profit You company, are for-profit, right. Right. Yeah, but you, but you are uh, making donations to worthwhile uh, causes. Yeah, for every every organization that sets up a game platform right. with us, right. what, we generate all of our revenue from our advertisers, 
and mm. 40% of our money goes to those participating uh, uh, fundraisers, wow. those charities. Okay. Interesting. And so if people want to learn more about it, go to SplashPlayGamify.com, mm. and, uh, and we have videos and information there, and they can learn all about it and contact us. If, if you're a charity or you're a sports team or you're any organization that is interesting content, we invite everyone to, to become a Splash Play game sponsor. Uh-huh. Now, they got to create their own game? Is that what you're saying? Yes, they do. Oh, uh-huh. okay. And it's, so. it's very simple. If it, took you, uh, if it took you 15 minutes to create a game, uh, I would say that you, you're, you're, one of your hands has a cast on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now, you have a uh, – is there a Indefensible uh, 2 coming out? Let's put it that way. Uh, yes, there is. It, indefensible. Uh, indefensible. Have, I haven't given it a title yet. Uh-huh. It's, I, just, I just called it Indefensible, the sequel. The sequel. Uh, oh. Because it, it, when I wrote Indefensible, I wrote it as a cliffhanger. and it, it, there, So there was a cliffhanger ending. Uh-huh. And the, the issue is that how are we going to address this technological threat? The hero in Indefensible, if you read the book, you'll discover it's not a person. Even though Sheriff Johnson of Lincoln, Nebraska, is the big hero in the book, right. the real hero is technology. Hmm. And in Indefensible, I reveal and explore all of the complexities of trying to combat this threat from, from you know, uh, surveillance drones and attack drones to shotguns to lasers and energy weapons. Hmm. But the real answer is, you have to fight fire with fire. Yes. So if there's a technological threat, we need to bring a comparable technological response. And in Indefensible, people are invited all over the world to join in and play the game Drone On, which, is, which interacts with the drones to help inject a degree of chaos into the attacking drone's mission to help avert the the consequences that are that that are planned for those weaponized right. drones. Right. So you do need, you say, do need a sequel, by the way. I'm sorry. Go ahead, but you do need a sequel. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sequel is underway, as is the screenplay. So, uh-huh. you know. And in the meantime, I'm busy running a company and doing other Correct. stuff too. So Correct. I don't. If I were just a if I were just an author sitting around working for the New York Times, I guess I'd have plenty of time on my hands, but I, I don't have that. Yeah, well, New York Times is easy. Just regurgitate the same story over and over again, you know? <laughs> so uh, that's not too hard to work like with New York style. Times, you know? So <laughs> it's not too hard to <laughs> do that. The gray lady. Take that job, you know? So, uh, yes. yes. Now, it's, it's cliffhanger, like you said, so we uh, people can say, hey, what's the outcome, you know? It's like the, the when they used to have chapters years ago in the, in the movies, you know, right. you had to go come back next week to see what happened. You know, in the, in the chapter, and your your uh, indefensible is pretty much structured like that. So, uh, but it's uh, it's a serious uh, thing that we have to be concerned about. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do this because you know we've got, we have so many rights here in this country, and uh, you know, uh, any any ideas how to regulate this? I, I know we talked about FFA, but any. Is there any answer how to use, utilize it to deliver pizza and, and yet not utilize it to uh, deliver ricin? I mean, how do we do that if there is an answer? Yeah, I, I would love to be able to say there was an answer, but mm. the moment you let the genie out of the bottle, yes. how do you put him back in there? Mm. And it, it isn't about good people misusing it. 
It's about bad people misusing it. Right. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Absolutely. So the the reality is the technology could be assembled offshore. They could fly over Donald Trump's border wall, invisible, oh <laughs> land on the land on the other side of the border, and 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 you know Mokhtar Barakat, the terrorist, throws it in the back of his soccer mom minivan and oh. drives it drives to Phoenix until he's told to blow somebody up. Uh, the, how do you def- you're you're in law enforcement? I, I, how would you defend yeah, well, against that? Yeah, you know it's it's. It, it's tough, you know, just tight restrictions. And if, but it's, in this case, it's, it's pretty rough. You know, it's, it's pretty hard. It's for, hey, listen, it's for Homeland Security and government, uh, people, uh, not the politicians because they'll, uh, you'll wind up in a circle with them, you know, right. and the people like you, uh, to go before a committee and not a dragged out committee, you know, and just so they can get exposure and get reelected. I mean, they need, uh, when we need the answers. We got a, uh, We have Richie on the phone. Richie, you have a, a question or a statement for Thomas uh, Banks? Yeah, Thomas, I'd like to find out, uh, can anybody get a drone? Can I buy a drone? Uh, where would you get a drone if I wanted one? Hmm. Uh, hi, Richie. Yeah, the answer is, is, a, is an undeniable yes. You can go online to Amazon and order a drone. You can walk oh. into your local Best Buy and buy a drone. They're available everywhere. Hmm. Well, Richie, you must have didn't uh, hear the first part of the story because he was telling us how easy it is to get a drone. But I'm glad, you know, that the question came up again because that's an important question, you know. Now, the question is, if you buy it from Amazon, will a drone deliver your drone? Yes. Oh, <laughs> you imagine that? Did you hear that, Richie? Can a drone deliver your drone? Or does uh, the drone deliver itself, and then you're buying a used drone? Wow! If you get a discount. So, oh, uh, so we're in deep doo doo, and I'm being kind, you know. So, uh, oh, I think I don't. I'm I'm not a chicken little sky is falling kind of guy. Right. The fact of the matter is, just like Kim Jong Un is a is a is a is an imminent threat to our security, right. so is the is is out of control uh, technology. Mm. I think that it's. Just right. because we can do something doesn't mean we should do something. Right. And 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 that becomes the the question that that people of character have to ask themselves. Hmm. It's if you bust a a drug group in Manhattan and you go into the bedroom and there's twenty million dollars on the bed, just because you could take a million and no one would notice, doesn't mean you should take a million. Well, are you, right? Are you if an ex? Are you an ex? Are you an ex cop? I mean, just I, a joke. <laughs> okay. No, but I'm, I'm intimate with law enforcement. Right. The, the point I is, know. because of character, the answer is no. Just yeah. because I can do it and probably get away with yes. it, good people don't do that. So it's all about bad people, hence the existence of internal affairs and, and groups like that within law enforcement. Because even in law enforcement, we have bad people just like right. we have bad people in society. Right. Yeah, of course. We have our bad, would you believe we have bad people in Washington? You know, would oh, that be would no. that be a surprise for you? So, uh, are you? Oh, are, are are you? Have you gone crazy? Uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm just you know, you know, just saying. Well, I want to make an analogy there because they say they would. You know, in law enforcement, of course, I'm prejudiced. You have one bad cop. You got in New York City. You got thirty five thousand police officers just in one city. So uh, there is no other occupation where you have uh, a rarity. You know, it's not 
just overwhelming, like in other occupations, like politics. You know, every day somebody's right. biting, somebody's biting the dust in uh, politics. So uh, I hope you didn't give anybody an idea to use a drone to knock down Donald Trump's uh, wall that he's going to build. When you mentioned it a moment ago, <laughs> no, I, I think I think I think Trump's uh, wall is very safe. Right. The the issue is. Citizens need to look to the sky and recognize that threats can come from anywhere. And we, you know, it's it's you would you would hope that if 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 someone felt there was a threat, they would call their local law enforcement or the FBI and say, "I'm concerned about something going on at this address." Right. You know, uh, that, that's that's pretty much the only answer we have. I'm pretty confident that. Since 9-11, with the exception of Orlando and San Bernardino and mm. some other locations, you know, Boston, we, I think our, our law enforcement has done an, an incredibly good job at suppressing terror activity in, within our borders. Yeah, not only in our borders, with, within our country, that the, the former police commissioner, I would say two former police commissioners ago, Ray Kelly, and New York City detectives all over the world assigned to obtain intelligence to protect the, the country, and his job was to protect New York. And there was information, uh, Brooklyn Bridge, the Empire State Building, Statue of Liberty, which mm-hmm. was pretty much prevented. I have to give Ray Kelly, the commissioner. And then the new mayor came in, uh, who's uh, de Blasio, and would you believe it? He, uh, him not knowing how to run a city, and I'm going to mention that, especially law uh-huh. enforcement, which it looks like he was anti-law enforcement when he took over the job, pulled out all his detectives that were all over the world uh, cultivating intelligence for us. And luckily, some people said, hey, wait a minute, we need these guys. And they, do you know the job that they did overseas? You know, you could be uh, on the Staten Island Ferry and uh, going to see the Statue of Liberty, and all of a sudden you're in you're in trouble. You know, so uh, so he had to be educated that we need these New York City detectives in all these foreign countries. Thank God they're back there now, as a result of people telling him, "Hey, you can't do that." You know, so he had his own idea of uh, running uh, New York City. Again, it's a little political thing, which I don't know if you're aware of, but uh, yes, not only uh, it. it Domestically, it it's, uh, protects us as well. But we know who the bad guys are. You mentioned it. You mentioned jihad terrorists, high tech jihad terrorists, and right. indefensible. So, so we pretty much know. Uh, you know, it's not the uh, the stick up guy. You know, it's going to go into a bank or, or a store. It's these uh, these uh, Islamic terrorists that we have to be ISIS. We have to be concerned about. Right. You know. Or, or radicalized, radicalized citizens. Yes, radicalized like what citizens. Like people in San Bernardino. Yes, the, correct. I have to I have to rely on on people like you and your and your brothers and sisters in law enforcement that they will do a great job at at identifying and and cultivating a response to the the threats of radicalism. The the only thing I ask us to do is is to open our eyes a little farther and recognize that it's just not about, you know, some radical uh, terrorist that's got, a, that's got a bomb under his vest. It's about 10 radical terrorists mm. that don't even know they're working together mm. because True. they're releasing a drone whose fight, flight profile may be coming from somewhere in Pakistan, and their only job is to open the sunroof and let the drone out. Wow. The, we need to become more aware of our surroundings. Mm. 
Anyway, the book is indefensible. The author is Thomas Banks. He's got, again, I'm going to be repetitious. He's got almost 45,000 followers on Twitter. Uh, you have to buy this book. I mean, if you're concerned about what's going on in this world, many of us are a little lackadaisical, although, you know, we, we are, there is a concern. Uh, and your uh, second book is coming out. Uh, when is that coming out? The uh, uh, It'll be out in the first quarter, you know, hmm. between January and March. Right. Uh, the, you know, the, you know, I think somebody should reach out for you when we talked about Congress before and, uh, you know, maybe have a committee to talk to you and other people like you that can, uh, you know, and uh, that, sh- we, that should be done. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right, Lou. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm inviting everyone in law enforcement, don't hesitate to contact me. Right. You know, I'm happy to have a discussion if only on the phone. I'm not looking to sell my services. If only on the phone to help cultivate a sense of awareness within the law enforcement community right. so that they can be better prepared and equipped to address this this threat, which to think it's not going to happen is the same thinking that the movie Terminator had when Skynet became self-aware and started killing people, okay? Right. Uh, so, the, Thomas Banks, how can law enforcement reach out for you aside from buying your book, Indefensible? Well, they can, they, they can visit uh, yeah. indefensible.org, which is my website. Right. They can certainly contact me through Twitter at droneon1 uh, at, at Twitter. Dot, at Twitter. Right. And uh, and feel free to email me at indefensible.movie, excuse me, indefensible.novel at gmail.com. <laughs> so uh, don't do the movie one. No one's listening to Not that yet. one yet. Not yet. So, I, I, so I know. Yes. You know, you give me and a, I'd love to hear, I'd yes. love to hear from, from everyone. Oh, you will. You will, because I'm going I'm to pass this on to, because uh, we have law, we have federal uh, members in the, my organization as well, you know, that uh, I, I don't know why that uh, there's not more discussion on this. You know, uh, I you know it's it's just like a low key thing, and it's again it's right in our face, uh, the dangers the dangers of it, and uh, well, uh, well look, it's it's it's, it's yeah it's the same. It's like anything else. You know, why isn't more being done about uh, race related crime? You know, right. black on black, brown on brown, white on black, white on brown. Right. Because we don't have an answer. We, uh, we have an understanding of what's happening, but how do you fix it? Because the fix is so much more fundamental than arresting someone. It wow. is education. It's, it's reestablishing the family unit. It's, well, you know, you know it's, it's national pride. I'm sorry to say that uh, politics always gets its uh, evil head involved, and that's why a lot of these we can't get these answers, you know. Uh, Thomas Banks, we're out of time. Uh, the book is indefensible and let's defend ourselves by buying this book Thomas Banks thank you we're going to talk again obviously I'm happy to talk with you anytime Luke God bless everyone and, uh, and have yes. a great weekend and happy Rosh Hashanah to our yes. Jewish listeners okay and uh, good luck with uh, your sequel Thomas Banks thank you Luke God bless you God bless you, you as well and God bless America this is uh, Luke Talano and I'll catch you later You've been listening to Streetwise 